I can't believe it's been a year since Gerald passed away. I know it's been hard, but on the bright side, at least you still have your two wonderful daughters. Thank you. She smiled. Then she rubbed Jamie's head. I'm very proud of this one. Yeah, yeah. Jamie's pretty, Jamie's girly, Jamie's adorable. And I was just the other child. I watched on as the three of them relaxed on the porch, giggling about dumb stuff and enjoying their lemonade, while I struggled with the stupid lawnmower. They didn't even notice me. I quickly finished up, then I grabbed my skateboard and hurried out of there. Charlotte, stop right there. And where exactly do you think you're going without my permission? Skateboarding. I grumbled, then left. Whatever. She didn't care anyway. She just wanted to suffocate me. It wasn't like this back when I had Dad on my side. <sighs> As you can see, I'm not a girly girl. All that manicure and makeup stuff just seems like nonsense to me. But my non-identical twin, Jamie, lives for it. She always wakes up extra early just so she has more time to style her hair, apply her makeup, and pick out her daily outfit. Then all she does at school is sit around with the other Barbies and giggle at pretty much everything. But guess that's the kind of girl mom prefers, as it's blatantly clear that Jamie's her favorite. It's always me who had to do all the chores in the house, just so her Jamie could sit there scrolling through her phone. There was one time when I was washing the dishes, I heard a deafening shriek. No, my sister wasn't being murdered. Instead, there was a spider crawling across the floor. Poof! It was just a spider! Nuts! I didn't want to be a chore slave. I just wanted to skateboard. Yeah, skateboarding and painting are my true passions. But Mum told me skateboarding was for boys. Ugh, how ridiculous! So I often snuck out. There were times I got so into it that I lost track of time and arrived home to Mum's furious eyes. You're grounded. Next time, I won't hesitate in breaking your boards in half. Jeez, that was so unfair. I pushed past her and ran into my room. Then clutching my board, I burst into tears. I wish Dad was still here. <sighs> Whenever Mum and I argued... He always came up to my room and told me how mom only acted the way she did because she cares about me. She just has a different way of showing it. It's been a whole year since he passed, all because of a freak accident at the factory he worked in. Now, we all had to rely on mom's home tailor job, and I just became the errand girl, while Jamie sits around looking pretty? Worse still, mom insisted I get a part-time job to support the family. Well, Jamie didn't have to. When I questioned mom on this, she just said, Jamie isn't like you. She wouldn't be able to handle both school and work. Excuse me, what? But I knew arguing with mom about it was pointless. Anyways, it all worked out okay as I landed myself a job in this cool skateboard store. Oh, and also, less house chores. One rainy afternoon, the store was quiet so I took out my sketchbook and designed some skateboards. Then my manager, Rick, peered over my shoulder. Uh-oh, was I in trouble? But to my surprise, he said, That's pretty good. 
then he passed me a flyer for a skateboard designing contest. You should give it a try. This contest was meant to be, so I spent all my free time shut away in my room working on my design. I didn't see Mum or Jamie for a full week. How peaceful. <laughs> and guess what? I won first prize. It was awesome. However, Mum snatched the prize money from me due to family financial reasons. So my money was going to be used on new clothes and makeup for Jamie. Unbelievable! I didn't want to be under this roof anymore. But at 15, where else could I go? Poof. Then Mum told me her work was slow at the moment, so I should enter more contests to support my family. Hey, it got me out of chores, so I agreed to it. And I pretty much won all of them. But it did annoy me that I didn't get to keep my rewards. Then when I saw Jamie showing off her new shoes, I just wanted to yank them off her feet and throw them at her. Ugh! I thought twins were meant to have some sort of deep connection or something. Not me and Jamie. We couldn't be more different. Finally, I had a day off, so I arranged to go skateboarding with Rick. I grabbed my board and was about to leave when Mom blocked the door. Charlotte, where do you think you're going? Jamie has a date tomorrow, and her dress needs hand-washing. What? This was ridiculous. I rolled my eyes and said, In that case, she can wash it herself. Don't take that attitude with me, young lady. You'll do as you're told. Through angry sobs, I screamed at her. I wish you weren't my mom! Then I ran upstairs to my room. Right at that moment, the doorbell rang. My mom calmed down, cleared her throat, and opened the door. Huh? Why was there an expensive-looking car in our driveway? And why was a wealthy-looking couple standing on the doorstep? Curious, I hid behind the wall to see who they were and what they were here for. From my eavesdropping, I found out that the couple was the Barnes. They'd just retired from their jobs working for the government in the secret intelligence department. Mom and Mrs. Barnes were besties in high school, so when they both fell pregnant at the same time, Mom offered to bring their daughter up as her own so they could go and work away on their secret mission. We've both taken early retirement, and we can finally enjoy life. We're very grateful to both you and Gerald for looking after our daughter, but we're here to take her home now. Oh. My. God. Turns out, one of us was adopted. No wonder we were nothing alike. But was it Jamie or me? Could it be me? I mean, Mom always preferred Jamie, so she could be her biological daughter. I knew they were my real parents. I could feel it. So taking a deep breath, I nervously stepped out to meet them. Jamie, come down here, sweetie. Mom called, and I froze on the spot. I watched on as Jamie appeared and Mum introduced her to her real parents. She didn't even seem surprised. She just replied, Yes, I know, then sweetly grinned. I'm so happy that I can finally meet you both. The Barnes cooed over Jamie like she was a puppy or something. Then they got emotional and all. Ugh, it made me want to puke. I ran up to my room, locked the door, and cried. Life was so unfair. Jamie was always the lucky one, while I always got the raw deal out of things. I must have cried myself to sleep, as when I woke up, it was morning. I reached for my phone. 
Jamie had messaged me. It's sad you missed my farewell dinner. I had a great time living with you. Come and hang out sometime, okay? Poof! I aggressively threw my phone down onto my bed. Bold of her to assume I would ever want to hang out with her. We had nothing in common. Luck alone was an example. Life went on, but without Jamie, as she moved to some rich kid's school. And I continued going to school, work, sneaking out to skateboard, and avoiding mom as much as possible. Then one chemistry class, while we were carrying out an experiment in the lab, one of my classmates made a mistake. And boom! We were all left looking like Cinderella! (laughs) And that might have actually been the best thing of that day, since we were dismissed two hours early. Excited, I rushed home to get my skateboard, but I knew I needed to sneak past mom so she didn't accuse me of skipping class. But as I passed the kitchen, I saw her sitting at the table sobbing to herself. What was going on? Suddenly, she stood up and walked out to the backyard. There was a leather notebook and a pen on the kitchen table, so I tiptoed over and took a peek. It looked like her diary. Hmm. Those freshly written lines were stained with tears. Jamie, my baby, I miss you terribly. I want you to live a wealthy, happy life. So I made the ultimate sacrifice. I tell myself every day that you're now a Barnes, not a Smith anymore. Not my daughter anymore. What? I couldn't trust my own eyes. What did these words mean? Could it be... But even if she mistreats me sometimes, she couldn't be that kind of person, right? I tore out that page, then hurried off to the skate park. Only, I couldn't concentrate. It was so bad, I messed up my pop shivet and landed on my butt. Ugh, this was driving me insane. That evening, Mom appeared in my doorway and asked, Charlotte, what did you do this afternoon? I answered, I told you already. I was at school and then the skate park. Did you see my notebook? The leather one? I shook my head in response. Oh, it's my expense book. I can't remember where I left it. She gave another scan around my room before leaving. When she was out of sight, I immediately pulled out my phone and texted Jamie. Jamie, I miss you a lot. Can I come over to your house tomorrow? I needed to see Mr. and Mrs. Barnes. I had to find out what was going on once and for all. Jamie replied she had a date the next day. Hmm. While I was typing out a reply, she sent me another message. We can't hang out. Please stop contacting me. Okay, that was weird. Did she sense something was up? I checked Jamie's social network profile and noted down the name of her new school. The next morning, I skipped class went straight to Jamie's school administrator's office to ask for the Barnes's address. Oh, and of course, I made up a convincing story. Jamie's my sister, but then we found out she's actually the Barnes's biological daughter. Now my mom, who raised Jamie all these years, is really sick, and I need to tell her, but I don't know how to reach her. Perfect! She handed me the address and even wished me luck. There was no point wasting time so I skated my way round to the Barneses. As I rang on their doorbell, I could feel my heart somersaulting in my chest. I introduced myself as soon as they answered the door. Hey, I'm Charlotte. Mrs. Smith's daughter? 
but I strongly believe I'm not Charlotte Smith because I have something to show you. Then I handed them the torn page from my mom's diary. They both turned ghostly pale, and Mr. Barnes even had to grip onto the doorframe to steady himself. I felt bad for putting them through this. I mean, what if I was wrong? So I suggested, let's just do a DNA test to be sure. A few days later, the Barnes turned up at our house with Jamie. They slammed two DNA test results down in front of Mom. I peered down at them. Whoa! Turns out, I really am the Barnes's biological daughter after all! Mom gave this expressionless look, but then in a quiet voice she said, I just wanted Jamie to have a wealthy and privileged life. She's not as strong as Charlotte. She needs this more. Please don't blame her. She didn't know anything about this. Then she hugged Jamie and cried. Mr. and Mrs. Barnes looked overwhelmed. Finally, Mr. Barnes managed to find the words to say, Jamie's also like a daughter to us now. We will take care of her like you did with our daughter, but just stay away from us. He pulled Jamie away from Mum and guided her out of the house. Mrs. Barnes hugged me as she started crying. I found myself doing the same. This was my real mom holding me. Whoa, this was so crazy. I packed my things, but as I was leaving, my old mom called me back. Charlotte, I have something to give to you. Then she handed me a small box full of cash. This is your prize money. I put it away for your college fund. You better have it back. I'm so sorry. My sight blurred with tears. Dad was right. She still cared for me. My parents will forgive you. Then you'll soon see both of us again, I said as I hugged her tightly. Then I turned and left. A new life was waiting ahead of me. As if with a snap of my fingers, I suddenly was able to get inside people's heads. Well, not with a snap, of course, but because of a massive collision with a car bumper. And not literally get inside, but only to read minds. But still, this event turned my life upside down. Hi, my name's Emma, and I'm going to tell you why reading other people's minds isn't as cool as it sounds. Up till a certain point, I was living a carefree life in Boston with my parents. Ever since I was a kid, I was very active. I was eager to do it all. Sing, paint, organize birthday parties for everyone I knew. My parents would always stop me and say, Emma, maybe you should focus on one thing at a time. But I didn't understand why, when there was so much to do in the world. By high school, I was already the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, chairman of the debate club, and a straight-A student. I don't know how you do it all. My friend Nora used to tell me, I have to study for my math test, and it's like you're a thousand miles ahead of me. It just seems that way. I can barely keep up. I've got a paper to write, and a violin lesson, and a date with Lionel. Yeah, I blushed a little. We're going to the movies tonight. Cool, I hope it goes well for you. I adored Nara, and I could talk to her about anything. We'd been best friends since kindergarten. From the moment Nora told me that she kissed Tom, we never hid anything from each other. 
She was the one who introduced me to Lionel. I was so nervous before the date. I asked myself the usual questions. What to wear? What should we talk about? Does he really like me? What if he thinks I'm boring? Doubts overwhelmed me for the rest of the evening. But nothing bad happened. We ended up having a great conversation. He told me about how they were preparing for the new soccer season and how the whole team got food poisoning from Patrick's sandwiches. And I said something about the upcoming newspaper release. Even though we didn't have similar interests, we still found common ground. The next day, I didn't remember what the movie was about, but I remembered the moment when Lionel grabbed my hand and then timidly let it go. The school newsroom was as noisy and chaotic as usual. Even though our work was not paid, it felt as if we were preparing for an issue of Times Magazine. Emma, where have you been? You're late! was the first thing I heard when I walked into the room. That served as our office. Tim grudgingly crossed his arms and waited for me to answer. Urgent business. We don't know what to put on the front page. The story about the poisoning of the soccer team, or Brad Falchuk's story about the school being overrun by zombies. No horror stories, I exclaimed. The story isn't as bad as usual, Tim said and showed me the manuscript. No, I'd rather have a story about soccer players. We give them too much attention as it is. What if they miss the new season? That's important news. Tim muttered something. Brad was his friend, so he was always bringing his horribly written stories to the newsroom. In general, Tim was a great assistant. We often disagreed, though. He hated sports and school gossip. I, on the other hand, thought it was an important part of school life. If there's a fresh love story, preferably a sad one with yelling and crying, it's great for the paper. So, our paper was either loved or hated. Even though I was busy most of the time, I still managed to find time for Lionel. Going to the movies and coffee shops with him, listening to music. I even went to his team practice sometimes. After a while, we could no longer be without each other. One day, I stayed late at the newsroom and was late for a date with Lionel. I got out of school and saw a bus approaching the bus stop. I rushed towards it. There was a loud hunk and a screech of brakes when I was halfway there. I froze for a moment, and then there was darkness. I woke up at the hospital. My head felt heavy, like a marble ball. Everything was a blur. I could see faces, but I didn't recognize them. Then I fell asleep again. As I was later told, I ran onto the road without looking around and was hit by a car. The recovery process took several weeks. During that time, I discovered the strangest thing. Sometimes, I thought I could hear someone talking, but their mouth was closed. At the same time, I thought it was some kind of side effect of the medication, but I was wrong. The first time I realized that there was something wrong with me was when I was driving home with my parents. I settled in the backseat and heard my mom say, What was she thinking? She almost died. Always running around like a wind-up doll. That's not true! I tried to justify myself. I was in a hurry, and that car came out of nowhere. What are you talking about, honey? We don't blame you, said my father. Mom said I was a wind-up doll. I never said that, she protested, her eyes widening in surprise. But I just heard you say it. I didn't say anything, she said firmly, and then added to herself. How does she know what I was thinking? I hope I can make it to the game, my father said to himself. You just picked me up from the hospital, and you're already thinking about the game? No, I'm not. Dad protested, dumbfounded. 
And then, is she reading my mind? Hmm. No, it can't be. She can probably tell by the look on my face that I want to get to the game in time. I leaned back in my seat and just stared out the window. I need to come to my senses. Everyone probably feels like they can hear or see something after an accident. I didn't pay much attention to the whole incident. But what happened at school could no longer be mistaken for an accident or post-hospital fatigue. As I entered the school building, fragments of phrases flashed through my head, which seemed to be addressed to no one in particular. No one notices me. It's like I'm invisible. I'll probably have to repeat the year, unless I manage to cheat in math. She said she didn't meet up with Darren, but I saw them. I need to eat less. I need to eat less. I looked at everyone with a surprised, almost frantic look. Then Kevin came up to me. It's good to see you. I hope you've recovered. When Kevin finished his sentence, I immediately heard his voice. Miss Perfect is going to remind us again how insignificant we all are, even though she herself can't even cross the road safely. I didn't understand where the voice was coming from. It made me feel uncomfortable. Were those his thoughts? The idea slipped through my head. Okay, I'll see you in biology class. Kevin left before I could answer, and I ran into Nora. She jumped up to me and gave me a big hug. I was so worried about you. And immediately, damn, I wish she could stay in the hospital forever. Why? I exclaimed. Aren't you glad to see me? I am, very much so. Nora fluttered her eyelashes innocently, and at that moment, I heard. Do I have it written all over my face that I'm not thrilled at all? I see. I walked out of the school and sat down on the bench. What's going on? I thought, why isn't anyone happy to see me? Am I going crazy? Or can I really read their minds? I heard something about people waking up with superpowers after an accident, but it can't be true, right? The facts proved otherwise. I could clearly hear what people were thinking, and as it turned out, a lot of people didn't have the highest opinion of me. Show off. Well, here she comes, homecoming queen. Dummy. Though their faces lit up with the most benevolent smiles in the world, that's when Lionel appeared. It would be better if it were a dream and not reality. Hey, Emma. He put his arm around my waist and kissed me on the cheek. How are you? Terrible. I feel like I'm going crazy. I wish you were. I wouldn't have to lie to you about Nora. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. Sure. My head was spinning. Lionel and Nora? No way. They wouldn't do that to me. But Warren's thoughts finally convinced me of what I didn't want to believe. Poor Emma. Doesn't even know her boyfriend was hanging out with Nora while she was in the hospital. I was shattered and depressed. Everyone turned their backs on me. Just as I was about to burst into tears, I heard a familiar voice behind me. She's back. It was Tim. Don't think that we were struggling without you. And then to himself. But the truth is, it was a mess here without you. It's so good that you're back. I sneered. Everything has probably fallen into shambles in the last three weeks. Not at all. People got a break from all the gossip. At least. You're probably right. What? What happened to Emma who used to chase every tabloid headline? Still at the hospital. Tim smiled, and I could hear what he was thinking. How glad I am to see you. If only you knew how much I've missed you. I was so surprised by what I heard. 
I didn't really say anything, especially since I had to go to class. I always thought Tim didn't like me, but it turned out that wasn't the case. Somehow, I pulled myself together and got back to doing what I like best. I devoted even more energy to the school paper. I spent hours reading textbooks. I played the violin and a lot of other things. But I also wanted to get even with Nora and Lionel. So I wrote an article about the two-faced couple. It came out pretty bitter and spiteful. I shouldn't have been so harsh, but it was too late to change it. Nora was very affected by the anonymous article, and I think you can all guess who the author was. I got a lot of fans after that article. Emma's really cool to do something like this. How conniving they are. That Lionel and Nora was in everyone's mind. And while everyone sympathized with me, everyone was avoiding Nora and calling her a stalker behind her back. So, my best friend became my sworn enemy. She, in fact, started a rumor that I was the first one who stole her boyfriend. I had to write a rebuttal article. People's opinion of me and Nora changed literally every day. I was either a liar or a hero. This whole show is beginning to annoy me. The only one who was consistently supportive of me the whole time was Tim. Yeah, forget it. People say what they say. You know how easy it is to manipulate other people's opinions. I think you did the right thing. You don't like articles like that. Yeah, but they deserved it. Nora didn't want to apologize and make peace with me. Instead, she and Lionel decided to take revenge on me. Not just verbally. She stole my diary and scattered the pages all over school. Now everyone knew something that wasn't meant for the wider audience. When I came to school, everyone already knew my secrets. Tim wanted to calm me down and give me a hug, but my emotions got the better of me, and I ran out into the street. The car came out of nowhere in the same spot as the last time. I think the road was cursed or something. I ended up in the hospital again. Nothing serious this time. I bruised my arm and banged my head slightly. The effect was staggering. I no longer heard voices. I can hear anyone's thoughts. People were a mystery to me again. Tim was visiting me in the hospital the whole time, <laughs> updating me on the latest news. The school principal investigated what had happened and found out what Nora had done. She was suspended from school for a while. Her feud stopped only a month later, when we were finally able to have a normal conversation. <laughs> Meanwhile, my relationship with Tim took a turn. At first, we just started talking a lot, but then he admitted that he'd been in love with me for a long time. I really like you too. I told him. When I went back to school, I was well aware that everyone knew my secrets, but I couldn't hear anything else, and I didn't care what anyone thought of me. The main thing was that I had someone around me who liked me and always supported me. Although, this had no effect on our work at the newspaper. Tim and I continued to argue for hours about what to put on the front page. So, that's my story. Tell me. Would you like to be able to read other people's minds? And how would you use that ability? Write about it in the comments. Ugh, another day in this insufferable place. It's lunchtime, and I'm sitting alone at my usual spot in the cafeteria. The buzzing noise of other students fills the air like an obnoxious soundtrack. Great. I take a bite of my mediocre lunch, trying to ignore the stares. You see, I have these, well, crazy eyes. They change color and pattern depending on my emotions, making me a walking mood ring. I guess I'm like a living meme. The mockery of the century. Suddenly, 
My best friend, Hanako, slides into the seat across from me. This overly enthusiastic girl is the only one who can tolerate my sarcasm. And, well, my eyes. Kazumi, did you see the new meme about the Doge to the Moon thing? It's hilarious. I roll my eyes. If only they could send me to the moon and away from all this drama. Wow, Hanako. Such meme. Much originality. She giggles and shows me the meme on her phone. I'll admit it's pretty funny, but I'd rather not give her the satisfaction. You know, with your crazy eyes, you could become a meme too. Just think about it. My eyes flicker to a neon green with a lightning bolt pattern. Really, Hanako? As if I need more attention. Oh, I can see it now. Crazy eyes, Kazumi. The internet sensation who puts all other memes to shame. Suddenly, a paper ball hits the side of my head. I glance up to see Yuji smirking from a nearby table. Yuji, the popular guy who loves to make my life miserable. Hey, crazy eyes! Wanna show us some of your tricks? His friends laugh, and my eyes narrow, turning a fiery red with smoke patterns. I clench my fists, trying to hold back my anger. Just ignore them, Kazumi. They're not worth your time. Hanako reaches across the table, giving my hand a reassuring squeeze. Don't let them get to you, Kazumi. You're way cooler than them. <sighs> Thanks, Hanako. But sometimes I just wish I was normal. She looks at me with sympathy. I appreciate her concern, but I can't help feeling like a burden. Later, as I walk through the school hallways, I can't shake off the feeling that I'm being watched. I pause, glancing around. Suddenly, I spot a flashy girl with a camera in her hand, quickly snapping a picture of me. Hey, crazy eyes! You're gonna be famous soon. I frown, watching her hurry off. Why can't I just be left alone? Great. Another wannabe paparazzo. Can't wait for my inevitable rise to fame. When I reach my locker, I find a note taped to it. Meet me on the rooftop after school. I have something important to tell you. Oh, how original. A rooftop rendezvous. I can't wait to find out who my secret admirer is. My eyes shift to a deep blue with question mark patterns. I can't help but feel a mix of curiosity and annoyance. Just who could this mysterious note lever be? Might as well find out. If nothing else, it'll be a good laugh. The school day drags on, each class more tedious than the last. I can hardly wait for the final bell to ring. As it does, I quickly gather my things and head for the rooftop. The anticipation is killing me. Or maybe it's just indigestion from the cafeteria food. As I open the rooftop door, I'm greeted by a gentle breeze and the sight of Yuto, the quiet guy who's always been somewhat of an enigma to me. My eyes shift to a pale pink with swirls, signaling my surprise and confusion. Hey, Kazumi, I've been waiting for you. Really? You're the one who left the note? What's the catch? <laughs> no catch. I just wanted to talk to you about your eyes. I cross my arms, not entirely convinced by his friendly demeanor. What about them? Are you here to make fun of me too? No, not at all. Actually, I wanted to tell you that I think they're amazing. My eyes widen, turning a bright yellow with star patterns. This was unexpected. Wait, you're serious? You don't think they're freakish? No way! I think your eyes make you unique and special, and I'm not the only one. There's a whole online community who would love to see them. What, like some kind of crazy eye fetish group? <laughs> no, no! 
It's a group of people who celebrate unique abilities, like yours. I think you'd fit right in. I can't help but crack a small smile. Maybe Yuto isn't as bad as I thought, but a part of me is still skeptical. So what? I just start posting pictures of my eyes online and suddenly I'm a star? Why not? You never know what could happen. Embrace your unique ability and show the world what you've got. I look out over the school grounds, thinking about his words. Could I really turn my so-called curse into something positive? The thought is both terrifying and exhilarating. Maybe it's time to stop hiding in the shadows. Let's see if the world is ready for Crazy Eyes Kazumi. With a newfound sense of determination, I look back at Yuto. All right, I'll give it a shot. But if I become a meme, it's on you. We both laugh as we walk back into the school building. My eyes now a kaleidoscope of colors, reflecting my whirlwind of emotions. Little did I know, my life was about to take an unexpected turn. Over the next few weeks, Yuto helps me set up an online presence. We create profiles on various social media platforms and start posting pictures and videos of my eyes in action. It's a strange experience, but also kind of fun. Who knew there were so many hashtags for unique eyes? Slowly but surely, I start to gain followers. People are fascinated by my eyes, leaving comments ranging from amazing to are they even real? Wow, it's like I've discovered a whole new world of validation. My self-esteem has never been higher. Yuto just laughs and continues to encourage me. He's always there, helping me come up with new ideas and cheering me on. I have to admit, it's nice to have someone in my corner. One day, as we're scrolling through my latest posts, I notice a message from a talent agency. They want to represent me and help me turn my unique eyes into a brand. My eyes flash to a vibrant purple with exclamation points, reflecting my shock and excitement. Is this for real? They want me to become a model or something? Told you your eyes were amazing. This is just the beginning, Kazumi. The world is gonna love you. As much as I want to maintain my sarcastic facade, I can't help but feel a surge of happiness. Maybe my eyes really can bring something positive to my life. Well, I guess it's time to take the world by storm. One crazy-eyed selfie at a time. Together, Yuto and I dive headfirst into the world of modeling, endorsements, and even a TV appearance or two. It's surreal and chaotic, but also incredibly exciting. My life has become a whirlwind of photo shoots, interviews, and autographs. It's like I'm living in some kind of bizarre alternate reality. I went from being the outcast to the star attraction. Through it all, Yuto remains by my side, offering support and guidance. Our friendship grows stronger, and I find myself wondering if there might be something more between us. <sighs> Love and fame. It's like a cliched drama waiting to happen. But as my fame continues to rise, so does the pressure. I struggle to balance school, my personal life, and my newfound career. The constant attention and scrutiny wear on me, and I begin to feel trapped. I wanted to be accepted for my crazy eyes, but now it feels like they're all anyone sees. Is this really what I wanted? As I sit on the rooftop, reflecting on the whirlwind my life has become, Yuto finds me. A concerned look on his face. Kazumi, are you okay? You've been really quiet lately. I look at him, my eyes a stormy gray with raindrop patterns, revealing my inner turmoil. I don't know, Yuto. I thought fame would make me happy, but it just feels overwhelming. He sits down beside me, offering a comforting presence. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. You've been through a lot. Just remember, 
You're more than just your crazy eyes. You're Kazumi, and that's what really matters. As his words sink in, my eyes slowly shift to a soft blue with a gentle wave pattern. Maybe there's more to me than just my eyes. And it's time to find out who I really am, beyond the fame and the memes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.